What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you think, uh, do you think, uh, Tuesday night, is that one of the fastest ways you've ever seen a team go from, uh, up three to one to eliminated from the playoffs within like 20 minutes? That was seeing the Brewers just, that was incredible. You know, this is a pro baseball millennial podcast, uh, and that's not a reality for most of the world. But you realize these playoff situations, that is fucking fantastic. You know, it feels like an SEC football oh, game. Oh, it's so great. You're just nervous for the franchise. I By about the sixth inning, I started feeling bad for the national fans. I'm like, God, they, they start Scherzer, who everyone feels confident in. He's just off. And then as the game's going, Smoltz or whoever the fuck's calling the game was like, yeah, Davey told us. It was not an easy decision. Like, he could have gone with Strasburg as in, like, three days ago. And then Strasburg comes in, and you realize he just it was, died. It was Ron like, Darling. Oh, yeah. That's th- th- Frenchy. Yeah, it was Darling. And Strasburg was incredible. And then you also realize that when Soto came through, but it's not just, then you just Google. Like, for me, I just Google his numbers. No wonder they didn't really well, mind he's better, when Bryce left. He's better than he's Bryce. He's better than Bryce. Yeah, he's better and than he's Bryce. cheap. Obviously, the AL is a little more difficult just because if the A's were to win tonight, or even the Rays, they're both really good. And then the Astros and the Yankees. Like, to come out of the AL is going to be impressive. But I was like, God, the Dodgers, who've been the best team start to finish by a wide margin, you feel good. And then you realize, God, this Nats team, I wouldn't fucking want to play this Nats team in a five-gamer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, Jesus. That's, are we sure the Dodgers are making it out of the next round? It's not an easy draw. Yeah, I think they are. But you're right. I do, they too. But you just know, they got Corbin. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. What do you think about your guy Doolittle getting kind of not the nod? Like, whoa, it's a little weird. They're not bringing in Doolittle here to face the lefty to start the ninth. I mean, good they didn't. He's been a little shaky. I don't even remember the ninth. That thing happened so fast. I guess they got the leadoff hit, the Brewers, but. I think that, I don't think, did they get a leadoff hit or did the second second guy guy get a hit? Maybe it was was the second guy. But I mean, they did not bring in their closer guy. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, uh, I don't think they're beating the Dodgers, but. 
I do think, to me, the thing that gets so underrated, first of all, Scherzer is like, had the career, people were like, oh, he's just not putting it together. Like, he's phenomenal. Uh, sorry, Strasburg. But the thing you really see, sure. He's kind of, hasn't he kind of shut everyone up the last couple of years, though? When Strasburg took the mound right after Scherzer, that's when you really realize how big Strasburg is. Oh, he's massive. He looked so big on the screen. And I, I remember I told you I saw Scherzer earlier this year, like in a parking lot wearing shorts, like before a game at, at uh, Oracle. He was just in like the parking lot waiting, trying to pick, help somebody get in. And I didn't recognize. Oh, yeah, he's him an underrated coach. small. He's an underrated small. Well, guy. especially Strasburg is like when you say blue chip prospect, right? We talk about that stuff all the time. Like that's what that guy is. Wasn't he on the front page of Sports Illustrated his junior year at San Diego State? Prospect. I mean, he was. He was. He wasn't quite like high school ticketed like Harper was, but he was the guy. By the time he was in like his draft year in college, going into that like his junior year, his third year, it was. Holy shit, is this guy the next Nolan Ryan? And he was a lock number one overall pick, and he made his debut fucking fast. That's say one thing for the Nats. I don't know who the hell is running their scouting department. Mike, but they hit on a lot of goddamn picks. Bald guy, guy John. Mike Rizzo. <laughs> but don't they hit on a lot of picks. Yep. They've nailed the top picks. Then they've nailed like I would imagine Soto's a first rounder. I, I just love watching a team. And you start Googling, like, God, this guy's a first-rounder, first-rounder, first-rounder. And then even, like, Zimmerman, once upon a time, he's, like, 50 years old. He was the top overall pick, like, back in the mid-2000s where he was a high first-rounder. You're like, God, they got a lot of, what the fuck is wrong with the Giants? Like, Brandon Belt, why can't you be like any of these guys? Yeah. That, that's what I kept thinking. <laughs> I don't think why so. can't you be like these guys? I don't guys? think Soto's a first-rounder. I think he's just a guy they signed, you know? He's, he's not, I don't think he was in the draft. He was, like, a dude from the, he's from the Dominican, Dominican or whatever. Yeah, I mean, John, he's... He turns 20 in May. The guy's amazing. But my point is, like, I, no, I, I love Pablo Sandoval. I love Pablo Sandoval. And he that's a hit, right, when you sign a guy like that at 15, 16 or 17 years old. But he was he was like an all-star once. I mean, this guy looks ticketed to be a 10-time all-star. I mean, he's, he's just one of the – he's their best player on a team that's clearly a top five or six team in baseball with just elite players. And this dude is immediately just replace Harper, no big deal. He really did it last year when Harper was still there. He was the better player. I give a lot of credit to the Brewers, though. You lose your best player. One thing to an injury. It's another thing. He broke his fucking kneecap, <laughs> and yeah. they like didn't flinch. No, they're good. I, I actually kind of – big picture, they might have been a tougher team. The Nats look better on paper. I, the Brewers – How about the, st- how about the stat that they were like uh, – they were like only five or six runs over the like in the positive on the run differential, and then they were plus thirty once he went out. So really, they were like a fringe team even with Yelich, and then they just got this motivation seeing him in a cast, and they didn't look back. But they bad effort by the guy, or just what would you say about the the right fielder in that situation? I, I, well, first of all, the ball kind of the ball moved on him. I, I just like, dude, just keep the game tied. I don't know if he thought he was going to throw somebody out and keep the lead. I don't know what is that. A tie, is that tied for sure, though, if he plays it right? Because, I mean, this guy scoring for second a lock. I guess there is two outs he's running. I No, I don't know. I never saw, like, the blimp cam. So it might they be. They need to. That's what, he's <laughs> thinking he can throw him out, but. He has to be. Juan right. Soto celebrating before he even gets tagged out in the base path in a one-run was, game in the playoffs. Like, dude, the game didn't end. <laughs> was incredible. I just saw that in the complete. I hope, I hope that doesn't cost him when we're talking about it afterwards. My question is, 
if the guy hadn't fucked up in right field, yeah. throws home, right. but he's safe, right. and Soto had made it to second, but had crossed and was thrown out, don't you feel like his celebration would not have changed if the game was tied or they took the lead? He was just so juiced. If he gets tagged out before the, the go-ahead run scores? No, no, no. I'm saying there's no error in right field, yeah. but he he flings it home, yeah. but it goes like over the catcher type deal. Yeah. So the guy on third stays, and Soto fires to second. He's moving so fast, he he rounds second. They're able to throw him out. Yeah. I feel like he still celebrates Probably. at a tie game. That, you know? That's, that's and a no disaster. One, and no one, even, no one even thought. You don't get you away know? with that one, though. <laughs> you don't think so? No. Not if, if you still No, if you the go-ahead runs it. Oh, well, if you win. But, I mean, in the moment, you're getting crushed, and you should. You take the lead, it's a different animal, which they did. Did you? Were you shocked? Like, if it had been football, the way we analyze football, and just a lot of younger people want their takes in, do you think that guy would have been crushed more? Or just, like, no, they took the lead, who even cares? Who took? They took the lead, who even cares, yeah. But I did think, and then I, I'll tell you what my thought was. If this was football, you does got, that you white— You a little Bob Costas in it, you. Bob, Bob would not have been happy. It was dumb. No, I, I was—no, no, no I'm, I'm happy about it. My thought was, if this was football— you know, he, he did, did, did college football, I guess in the NFL, it doesn't matter if you high step it at the 10, you still score the touchdown. But you see, Mike, Mike Evans did like 4 3 6 yeah, before right. he scored. <laughs> I re- that game was on NFL Network uh, yesterday. I was watching it in the afternoon a little bit. You know, you just, I, I rewatched it like a day ago, just kind of in the background. And every time you look over, Jameis was doing sweet shit. And it kind of hit me. And Jameis a little like a baseball player, like a clear blue chipper, like a blue chipper that probably scouts were talking about. Because remember, Jameis won the Natty when he was a sophomore, yeah. And then his and then his junior year was kind of like, oh, he's throwing all these picks, and he's had moments where like people have tried to bury him, including myself. But you watch him when he's on, you're like, I don't know, man. If you tell me that now in five six years, because it crossed my mind. That Jameis is one of the better quarterbacks in the league as a young, you know, as one of the younger 25, 26 year old kind of in that crew. When he's like 30, he's just still playing at a really high level with Bruce Arians. He might have just matured at the right time, hit the right coach Got at the, the right, right time. Coach, yeah. I, I'm actually starting to think, like, are we sure this guy's not going to be good for a while? Well, I'll he's tell good, you this. He has, I'm not giving up on him. Because he, he looked fucking awesome, guy. Is Bruce, does Bruce Arians have a chance to be the coach of the year this year? I mean, it's a long way to go for Wait. the Bucs. If, if they were to win the division or make the playoffs 1,000%. Yeah. Uh, all right, this podcast is brought to you by Ease.com, promo code HAM, and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. Very simple, John. Very. I think we got another, I got another DM, I guess, uh, Yep, we got we, someone tweeted at us. Yep. Or DM'd us. I don't know, I don't but know. I, I got one too. Good job using the we, promo we've code. We've been just – We've been spreading the love, guy. We got, uh, I think it was a uh, Raider fan, his birthday. Uh, Libra's out in full force right and, now, guy. That's right. L- L- Libra's just, just fly high at the sky and, you know, ease.com, baby. Promo code HAM, THC. Got a little delivery yesterday. Big Sour Diesel fan. They also got pre-rolls. They got, you know, gummies. I'm a big fan of gummies. Then our friends over at Ease Wellness, guy, they're into this thing they called CBD. <laughs> Uh, easewellness.com, promo code HAM, go get it. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. The promo code is HAM and then the numeral one. So HAM1, mybookie.ag, uh, very easy to use, best lines, fastest payouts. It's the way to go. Well, a couple things. We got, a, a, actually, is it is it fair to say a great 
Thursday night football game, Rams Seahawks. Yep. Both teams three and one. That's doesn't get much better than that guy. Rams Seahawks. Rams getting a point and a half on the road. It's just kind of a weird line. I you're telling me that Seahawks only giving a point and a half at home, playing well. I I, I kind of like Seattle. We'll dive into that game. Here's the other thing. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one guy. You can gamble on baseball. Now, gambling on individual baseball games are tough or difficult. I, I wouldn't recommend doing that because I was like, God, the Brewers getting to, you know, you get it like two to one before the game just in that game. And you would have been feeling good until the right fielder screwed up. But how about this? We got a couple teams, and one team really jumps out to me is the Dodgers, plus 250. Just they've been the best team basically in baseball start to finish. The NL is clearly a lot worse than the AL just in terms of they're not going through juggernauts and just the law of averages, right? I like, if, yeah, if I they feel like tur- they got to get it done this year. If they turn out to be the Atlanta Braves, well, the Atlanta Braves did win one. They made it all the time. They were basically the equivalent of if the Buffalo Bills had just won one, we wouldn't talk about it. Like, no one crushes the Atlanta Braves. Like, oh, yeah, they won a World Series. They had one of the best teams in the 90s. Like that's, the Dodgers are going to win one guy. I just think two, plus 250. So basically, you bet 100, you win 250 on them to win the World Series. Pretty good value because the Astros, whoever wins this game tonight, right, plays the Astros. Mm-hmm. So the Astros would have to go through one of these two teams, the A's or the Rays, which are really good. And then they'd probably have to beat the Yankees, who are fucking pretty good. And then they'd have to beat the Dodgers. Like, wouldn't, would you agree their road to the championship is much more difficult than the Dodgers? Yeah. So I, I love the Dodgers plus two fifty. I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle a little a little something something on uh, the Dodgers. There you go. Even despite being one of the last teams I hate. <laughs> I but I but I actually I don't because I I do enjoy their team. This uh this pod is out uh, Wednesday. So if you're listening to this Thursday, the A's and Rays have already played. But I'm pretty fired up for this game. Thursday. Ticket prices, guy. Pretty high. We'll give the SeatGeek promo code Ham. But damn, not cheap. I'm fired up. Not cheap at all. Sean Manaya, Charlie Morton. <laughs> Actually, really good pitchers for an A's race. You expect sold out crowd? I expect it to look good. I mean, that place when it's good, to me, my favorite game there was uh, was the Sonny Gray game against the Tigers in the ALDS. I think Verlander started. Joe and Miguel Cabrera hit a home run. Vote had the walk off hit. Uh, Sonny brushed back Torrey Hunter, and Torrey pointed at him. And then Sonny struck. The play started chanting, Sonny, Sonny, because Torrey tried to punk him. And Sonny struck him out. It was one of the best Wait, things. Wait, they won that? I didn't. Was it? You're not talking about game five. No, no, no I'm talking about. That was like game. That was game uh, two. Uh, game three. Did they play him back to back years? Game two or game In three? the first round? Yeah. Because they definitely lost game five, right? One that, year. Yeah, that was that year they ended up losing game five. Scherzer came out of the bullpen. Oh, so you're right. So it would have been game one or two because then they went to Detroit and then they came back to Oakland for game five. Game five was there. It, that game five was there. There was a game There was, maybe a game that was game five four. at Oakland. That was game four. Yeah. Yeah. So there was the they sunny game, game was game two. At- That's what it was. Sunny was game two. Scherzer comes out of the bullpen game four. They come back home lose game five. Yeah. They would have gone to play. Off sunny. Yeah, they would have gone to play. They started sunny over uh, Bartolo in game five. You're right. Scherzer was the game. It's if you're not an ace fan, just a sweet moment. Comes out of the pen, fucking strikes out a couple guys and gets a line out. Then gave strikes guy out, strikes out Reddick, strikes out Vote, and then gets Kiaspo to line out. Gave one of the great high five 
cocaine nut job performances up and down a dugout you'll ever see. I mean, was taking dudes' hands off. Do you remember the high fives yeah, he was given? Yeah. I remember him coming off the, the mound immediately. <laughs> it was like, this guy is high on fucking love. I've I've been all in on Scherzer ever since. All right. Uh, the question is, uh, a guy that uh, not everyone's been all in on, but you got to be all in on him now, John. And that's, to this point, Nick Bosa. And we're going to see him Monday Night Football. We always talk about when we get to see quarterbacks go up against other quarterbacks head-to-head. But this is now Nick Bosa on the same football field as Miles Garrett on the other sideline. Um, and that, that and this is now Monday Night Football, bright lights. We'll get to Pete Carroll. He's got a great bright lights record. Nick played at a bright lights college football program, but this is his first real bright lights football game as the first round pick of the San Francisco 49ers. Um Big opportunity for him. He plays well this game, and I know you're telling me about Dane Brugler's rookie rankings, but he had him on the all rookie team. Oh, all rookie team. Okay. Do you have Josh Jacobs? Yeah, yeah Josh Jacobs was a starting running back. I, I'm looking for this uh, this tweet that I had yesterday. Not that I did, but uh, one of the PFF guys, because right now one of the I don't know if I'll be able to find it is, is that. Cleveland Farrell right now is the lowest graded edge rusher in the NFL. I, yeah, I saw you retweet that. I'll see if I can find. And the, the, Nick Bosa was for rookies one of the highest. Listen, I I starting to look like I was wrong on Nick Bosa, in the sense that he's got a chance to be better than I thought. Now, one of the questions on Nick Bosa was he's so ready made. What's his upside? Well, this is back to the Chris Ballard in me, and I've changed my philosophy. From the Al, from the Al just, Davis in you, yeah. Just if Nick Bosa just stays like this forever, he'll fucking be pretty good. Like if I just get a nine to twelve sack guy for ten plus years, I'm in pretty good shape. Would it, perfect? You know, in a perfect world, do I want Alden Smith upside? Do I want Khalil Mack? Yes. But if I get, you know, ten years of three or four Pro Bowls, but a lock starter, I, I can't be that mad. Now, I think the biggest thing is going to be. Josh Allen already is one of the highly valued guys in terms of pressures in the NFL. Like up there, you know, behind like the top two or three guys from Mack to Miles Garrett. Like he's in a pretty good class. Now Bosa's in it too. It's just, to me, we'll kind of judge those two guys because Josh Allen's going to be a star. And so is Nick Bosa. But like that's how we're be- we're just nitpicking when you pass on them all. That's who you get judged against. Like the Raiders, Cleveland Farrell sucking hurts because like, God, you guys took him. But they'll never be able to be like, well, we could have had Bo- the Bosa wasn't an option. Quinn and Williams wasn't an option. So like th- that's why the Jags, in the sense of, they got lucky that he just fell to them. It's not like they picked him over guys. So you're not giving them credit. Well, they like Josh Allen more than Bosa and Quinn and Williams. We don't, we'll never know that. You know, same with like Reggie McKenzie when he got Khalil Mack. He got lucky that he fell to him. The Niners kind of set the tone. They thought Nick Bosa of the next ten guys because it was. I don't know how it will play out five years from now, but on paper heading into draft day, it was considered one of the better defensive drafts in recent memory, right? Yeah. With pass rushers and defensive linemen. The Niners were going all in on defensive linemen, and they chose him, and so far they look pretty good. And here, here's the, the other Raiders guy. The Raiders did take Cleveland Farrell ahead of Josh Allen, though, unlike... Well, yeah, they get judged on that, but I'm saying I'd always heard they loved Bosa like everybody. Gotcha. And this is why I say, guy, with shitty teams, when you win a game in, in December... 
Like, I, you will not get John Middlecoff support. You can't. And I was thinking about this yesterday. The Niners got lucky, right? Because they won a game late, but it didn't cost them Nick Bosa. Where the Raiders, the difference is the Raiders had actively tanked. People kind of forget. It kind of hit me yesterday. The Raiders kind of did what the Dolphins did last year, right? They traded, you'd argue, Khalil Mack, better than Laramie Tunzel, and Amari Cooper. Uh, yeah, I get it. It felt less by design, though. Well, but when you do that, ultimately, you're okay with tanking the season. Right. And their tank got fucked up because they won a game against Pittsburgh. Well, Ben Roethlisberger took the second half off. But then when it was cool to come back in when they were down four to try to lead him on a game when he drive, just randomly comes back into the game. I don't think I've ever seen that before. A dude misses an entire half on the sideline injured. Well, it's just ba- then it's they very basketball. Well, yeah, and wouldn't you say Roethlisberger's got a little basketball drama to him? The, uh, the drama, yeah, but he physically has, has – here's your – taking a beating. Here's your stat, by the way, from Mike Renner. Pass rushing win rate for rookie edge rushers. A lot going on there. Bosa, 24% win rate. Burns, Brian Burns, uh, 18%. Josh Allen, 17%. Cleveland Farrell, 6.8%. Just so behind you know, that. What I, I talked to a buddy in the NFL. Range. He He says the way they quantify that – a win rate is uh, pressures divided by rushes. So if you get five pressures out of 120 rushes, you know, whatever the math gotcha, is, right? Gotcha. So it makes sense. Anytime you get a pressure, whether sack, whether it's just, I think with being in a couple yards, it is somewhat subjective, right? A pressure. Like there's a difference between being a touch guy and being five feet away, but also creating some urgency for the guy to get rid of the football. I think the Niners have to be pretty fucking happy right now. And this is the good thing, I guess, when you do take an injured guy. If your quarterback's always injured, it's hard to practice. Nick Bosa doesn't need to practice that much. Right. (laughs) D-linemen just don't need to practice that much. They they don't. They they really don't. Because when the ball snapped, you go. And like we were talking before, kind of just this game going into Monday night, like, wouldn't you imagine he'll be one of the players that's I, – I don't know how much longer I can watch the broadcast, but we're kind of in bed with it this year because we don't have a choice that the Joe Testator and Booger will talk about this week. Well, yeah, I would think. I mean, they have to. I, I think the other element, though, is not just him versus Miles Garrett, and this goes back to something you were – you probably said louder than most people uh, and more often than most people. You are just big on this. Was It's not – it's also him versus Odell Beckham Jr., right? That's the other part of this game. Now, they, the Browns would have had to accept your trade offer for the second overall pick for Odell Beckham, but we the, talked the about Gi- You mean Sorry, the Giants. The Giants. Yeah, but yeah. we talked about this a lot. Uh, who, who would you rather have right now, Odell or Nick Bosa? Because we, we've said over and over, right, just number two straight up for Odell Beckham or the package the Browns gave him, right? And I think we all agreed that you would just take number two over a box safety and pick 17 and even a third-round pick. Now, Jabril Peppers did have a pick six against Dwayne Haskins on Sunday. I got a great Jay Gruden quote coming up a little later okay. in the NFL headlines. Right. Jay Gruden's on one right now. Uh, and I, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I've broken down uh, the big defensive tackle they took from Clemson. But he's a nose tackle. Like that's He's just a no, He's an old-school 340-pound nose tackle. If you're the Giants, would you rather just had Nick Bosa? Then Dexter Lawrence. Now, yeah, would I you, think you would. Well, here's what you could have done if you trade Odell Beckham. You would have had 
taking Nick Bosa and then taking and then taking Danny Dimes. You wouldn't have taken Danny Dimes too, right? You just you would have think, taken Bosa. Well, you would think Danny not, Dimes. but <laughs> but I mean, would they, you've gotten crushed for that. Or, but what's the difference if you take Danny Dimes and Josh Allen? You're, you're ending up with one of the sweet pass rushers and Danny Dimes, right? It wouldn't have mattered because they would have been in position. They passed on Josh Allen for Danny Dimes. Remember, Dan, Josh Allen went seven. He didn't go like four. That was one of the things. Like he fell, he fell mainly because of Danny Dimes and Cleveland Farrell. Because there, everyone was like, he's a locked top five pick. And looking back, and now you're watching these stats, and you just flip on a Jags game, you see him getting a rush. He should have been a top five pick. It just two curveballs. Because in a normal year, if Danny Dimes had been the equivalent of like Sam Darnold, you just would have thought, well, you probably can get Josh Allen at six or seven because that guy's going to come in. But no one expected Cleveland Farrell. You could argue that Cleveland Farrell was a bigger whoa because, yeah, Danny Dimes was overdrafted, but he was a quarterback. Like, they, they thought Cleveland Farrell was just better than Josh Allen. Right. That's, it'd be, right? Well, I think the but, real question is always this. How many other teams were about to take the player? If you don't draft Danny Dimes uh, at six, would he have been there at 17? If you don't draft Cleveland Farrell at four, would he have been there at 13? Someone got mad at me the other day. I'm like three and out in one of my DMs because I was still crushing the pick. Not, I'm not anti, like I was like, Danny Dimes has been really good. But I will never get off my soapbox of, I'm pretty confident you could have got him at 17. Because we know Elway only likes strong-arm quarterback, Flacco, Drew Locke. Danny Dimes isn't that, not his type quarterback. And then the reason the Redskins took Dwayne Haskins was because the fucking owner's kid played with Dwayne Haskins in, like, junior high. Loved the guy. The owner wanted him. And anyone that's followed pro sports, when's the last time the owner was overruled in a draft room in the history of sports? (laughs) Zero. So, because the guy's analogy was like, middle cop, what if you could meet this woman and date her for 20 years, then marry her, have kids, have a good life. Or, instead of instead of marrying the girl, go on multiple bachelor parties. Like, his analogy was basically like, you're risking it, you know, for Danny this Dimes. Is the, the, this is the cowherdization of uh, everybody. Yeah, yeah like, I, listen, I, I, I understand, and we'll truly never know. Like, right now, if I told you that the Giants had passed him at 6 and attempted him to get 17, wouldn't you put the likelihood that Danny Dimes would have been there at 17 higher than 75%. Yeah, I mean the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean Yeah, but I'm also thinking like the teams behind was anybody no, who needed a no quarterback guy? up. No, nobody. Unless like the Chargers think he's the future, but they would have had to come from 28. So no. Do you know how far like 28 to like 12 would that cost you? That's what I'm saying. I just would have been. I don't see it. I don't. Patriots? They like, what's his name? Etling. Uh, the guy, no, the guy from, uh, they also got, yeah, Danny, but they like, they like the, uh, who's the other guy? From Georgia? Isn't there, isn't there a backup quarterback? Kid from Auburn? Patriots? Yeah, but who's the other guy? Don't they have the other guy from uh, Georgia? I don't think they have a third quarterback. It's just Brady and the kid from Auburn, who wasn't very good. Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Stidham. Where's Jarrett Stidham? Oh, that, oh I, I'm Etling's the wrong guy. Stidham, but the right no, guy. Etling was a Patriot or is a Patriot. Well, he's on their practice plays squad. Like, okay. Yeah, but doesn't Etling play like wide receiver too? I think Stidham's the guy I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, Stidham. Who? But they drafted Stidham in like the fourth round. 
who is their backup quarterback. Which is where they would draft a quarterback, by the way. Is is you know what's weird with Stidham? Hmm. It's like Auburn right now is one of the best teams in the country. They're led by a true freshman. Now, granted, their defense is elite, but Bo Nix has been really good. Stidham, who really wasn't that good for Bo, or not Bo, but uh, Gus, uh, Gus, is now been really good for the Patriots. Was really good for him in preseason. Belichick loves him. Josh loves him. They cut Hoyer, who they clearly also love, for this guy. Is it just a, is it a reflection of? This guy is one of the rare people that was actually much more suited for an NFL-style offense than the traditional spread. Oh, could be, yeah. Because I'm watching Auburn thinking, Jesus, they don't miss their NFL quarterback. Who do you think's better on Monday night, John? Odell Beckham or Nick Bosa? And you don't really – and I've always said this, you know, I'm kind of having fun. You don't actually have to be better than Odell Beckham. Like, as long as you're really good. Like, in the end, would the – would the Saints have t- traded Reggie Bush for Mario Williams? Like, the Texans made the right pick for them. Would the Saints have traded him? Reggie Bush is in their, like, Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame, whatever. Like, that worked. Is he? Yeah. This is somebody Seriously? told me the other day. I'll double-check that. But I saw him on TV wearing a Saints hat the other day. He's a Saints. He's a big Saints guy. Yeah. I, 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 My point being, as long as you're really good – like, we can always play the game. Like, who should we have taken? But as long as you're really good, everyone's kind of – it's it's okay. It's fine. I agree. I would agree. I'm actually more nervous. How are the 49ers going to cover Odell Beckham? You realize that they're – one of their best players. This is weird to say. Uh, you never would have said this uh, two months b- ago. B- bad, Bill bad information, by the way, from me. Yeah, the Saints Ring of Honor uh, is five people. Who are they? Tom Benson. Uh, oh, shocker. Archie. Morton Anderson, Willie Rofe, Ricky Jackson. So I got some bad intel there. Was a guy just going off on one? Like, he's in their ring of honor. You just kind of go with it? Yeah. He's like, you know, he was so good for them. He's in their hall of fame. I was like, damn, okay. Who would no one make that up? Well, there's nothing like when someone has conviction and then you repeat it. And then once you've repeated it, once you've repeated it, you're like, God, that doesn't quite add up. (laughs) Uh, That's true. Anyway. I just I, I don't know how the 49ers – I think the most fascinating part about this game is the Browns' biggest weakness is their tackles, which meaning tackles are not a problem in the run game. Average tackles can run block. You can't pass block. The Niners' strength is pass rush, yet the 49ers' weakness going into this game is they're missing their second corner, who's very, very important, who actually matches up better with Odell Beckham than Richard. Richard – Odell gave him the business. I think you know. I think it was his rookie year. It might have been a second year. Ruined uh, like that. That is not a matchup for Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's much more like put him against Jarvis Landry. Put him against their tight end or something. But not Odell's a tough matchup. Who's covering Odell Beckham? Jason Verrett. Well, well, no. If you're gonna take shots to Odell, you would go. Well, at least the Niners might get home. But if they do hit it, I- I'm fascinated by what they do with him. You might just need to double cover him. But then, who's their slot corner covering Jarvis? If it's not Richard, kind of a kind of a weird game that way. Yeah, I think you just you just got to get to Baker. You've got to get, and the good news is you know Baker hold it. You got to get to him. Now you could just run slants to Odell against their that's terrifying fourth corner. Yeah, he's pretty good slot slant uh, wide receiver. That, that's to me the fascinating part about this game because you go. Nick Chubb was dominant the other day. Looked like a fantasy All American. I mean, he is good, right? He's a second-round pick. All-American. 
Do you see the photo yeah. of him and Gurley? And Gurley's like, Gurley looks like he's half a foot taller. When they, when they were in college? No, no, just the other day, there was a photo of them from at some point in the NFL exchanging jerseys. Yeah. Post game. And Gurley looks like that. a quarterback standing next to him. He's so tall. Oh, probably after the Sunday night game. Yeah. Has any team in recent memory had a better like three-year run of running backs that went Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, and I'm missing one. Oh yeah, Sony and Nick Chubb. Is guy, guy they, Darius Geis? He's LSU, LSU, but they got they got Swift, who's going to be go really high this year. I mean, they've had a run of first round running backs, basically, right? <laughs> Nick Chubb, I'd consider. I know he went like first pick in the second round, but he was yeah. Here, I mean. But he, but he easily could have. And if it wasn't for a fucked up knee, he would have gone. Think about this too, guy. Is that one that team had? A, they had a guy drafted in the first round and the first pick in the second round. The same running back room in college. Like, oh, no wonder they play with Alabama. And two, do you remember when the Seattle they like traded out and then they traded back up for Penny? Yeah. Who I, I like Penny. But they were scared. One of the rumors were, like, why did they do that? Couldn't you just waited for him to fall? They, like, well, they knew Dorsey loved him. So instead of getting Rashad Penny, Dorsey just ended up with Nick Chubb. It's crazy. Sometimes in the draft, the guy you want, you don't end up getting. And the second guy that you like, too, but you didn't like him as much as the next guy, turns out to be dramatically better. And it was it was basically luck. I don't know. It was luck. It I saw all the yesterday. Time. I was watching... Uh, Liffman and Schiller tweeted out this video of them fucking with Clay. And Clay's just coming over bullshit, and you can tell he's bored as shit at the media day. And all of a sudden, they're, they're, they hand Clay a mic, and they're just you know talking about life or whatever. And a dude comes up, and Clay kind of puts down the mic, and he dap. He's like, whoa! And it's Alex Burks. Alec Burks, Al- I yeah. think that's how you say his name. And so he gives him a huge hug. He's like, hey, man, how are you doing? They haven't even seen each other. And then he comes back. He's like, you know what's funny? When we we were in the same draft, and the entire draft that year, the hype was, who's the best shooting guard in this draft? Me or him? Me or him? Me or him? And then I think he's like, he went ten, I went eleven, or whatever. And Clay was excited. Clay didn't say a bad word about him, and I'm just thinking, watching like Jesus Christ, <laughs> thinking about the difference of, like in the draft, it always happens like this. You stack a couple guys, and the one guy sometimes turns out to be the future Hall of Famer, or the future Pro Bowler, and the other guy. Is just a dud. Well, and the Warriors, or even if even if he's just a solid guy, the Warriors had to make that decision because they went back to back picks. Alec Burks he, went right after went Clayton. Tw- he went twelve. Yeah, so they. But right think after, about this, right I mean, after, right after Jimmer went. My point is though, on draft night, if they had taken Alec instead of yeah, Clay, no, I know, probably would have got a, a a grades. I wonder if Utah is sitting there going, "We actually like Clay more." One hundred percent. Who knows? I mean, but, well, think about this. Let's say Utah like. Claymore, they just got unlucky that like sometimes you get the Chubb Penny situation, right? And you lose, <laughs> and you lose. That's why you always want the pick, and you lose. Yep. There's just a huge element. Anytime you're just drafting humans, you just you don't know, guy. You don't know. Uh, all right, John. The uh, the Thursday night game. Since we're talking about Rashad Penny, you sent me this on. Um, Wednesday. This is from Brady Henderson, the Seahawks ESPN reporter. Uh, some numbers on how well the Seahawks have fared in prime time since Pete Carroll took over in 2010. 26-5-1 in prime time games. That's 83% winning percentage, John. Best in the NFL. They've, I don't remember the tie, guy. They've outscored their opponents by almost 400 points. 
They're 17 and two at home. They're eight and one on Thursday night in prime time. He really quick just on Pete Carroll. He's got to end up in the Hall of Fame one day, right? He's a Hall of Fame level coach. Yeah, I is think, he not? I believe so. Yes. In, in your wildest dreams, with how good he was in at SC, and he wasn't just good; he was elite. I never would have thought he would have this dominant a run in the pros. Like he's kind of creating a little dynasty. If they somehow make one more Super Bowl with Russell Wilson in the second runaround, it, it would be one of the more impressive NFL runs we've ever seen. Yeah, you, in the in the modern era, we've talked about this. I've always said this about the San Francisco Giants. Like part of having a dynasty is not just winning the title, but it's just what are you in your air quotes down years? And he, Pete, in like the years, we're like ah, something's not right with Seattle. They're, they compete for the playoffs in those years. So, yes. Isn't isn't that what makes the Belichick-Brady run the best ever? Because, like, what's what's your down year? Uh, AFC Championship lost to Peyton Manning on the road in overtime. <laughs> it wasn't overtime, but, like, the last play of the game, right? Like, that's a down year for them. Like, their down years have all been AFC Championship losses. Yeah, or if like, your loss is just a first-round exit, that's why Sean McVay, his first two years, yeah, the Super Bowl year was sweet. But his first year, they boom made the playoffs, hosted a playoff game, well, lost. But yeah, their their down years like the year they won eleven games with Matt Castle and didn't make the playoffs. Do you remember the quote? Do you know eleven wins since their Super Bowl win, since the first Super Bowl win in a one a one in a one they've won single digit games once. That was the very next year they went nine and seven. So like Brady's first full year. Yeah. Then, uh. They haven't made the playoffs since missed the playoffs since '02. Beside the Castle year when they did go 11 and five, they've they've gone 10 and six twice. Those have been their two low water marks since their second Super Bowl. <laughs> do Do you think people in Boston realize how lucky they are to not have Tom, but to have Bill? I don't know. I I would hope so. Some, someone sent me this clip because I went off about Patricia in the timeouts the other day. Yeah, they're like, no wonder Patricia called the timeouts. It was the NFL Network. Uh, like our special on the Malcolm Butler game. Mm -hmm. And in that game, Belichick and Patricia, you know, they're, it's like the summer after the fact and they're interviewing them all and they go to Patricia and he's like, I'm yelling at Bill. Like, do you want a timeout? Do you want a timeout? And then they, you know, go to, it's like documentary style. And Bill's like, he's like, Matt keeps yelling at me. Do I want a timeout? Do I want a timeout? And Bill's not even questioning that. He's like, I thought about it. But then you look across the field and then it goes to like Brian Flores or one of the other coaches who's in the box, like, Bill, do you want a timeout? And he's like, Bill acted like it was a preseason game week three, and all he responds is, yeah, I'm on it. And, he, and, and it shows him on the field, him just standing there, ice in his fucking veins, bro. It was even Patricia, and I don't blame Patricia, every human would have been freaking out because basically the guy was responding like, no wonder Patricia called the timeouts last week against Andy. That's his mind. That's what he's been wanting to do for years, call timeouts in that situation. Meanwhile, Belichick, the best in the business, who taught Patricia, you don't need to do that. Like, just just relax. Let them freak out. You know, if you're going to lose anyway, potentially, you might as well just see if they will screw up. But Bill is, and I think it's say back to Pete, you know, the difference, the probably the separating factor that he has, why I think you would probably give him the nod for this over this decade because you'd be like, Andy's decade's been pretty strong now. But Andy doesn't have the Super Bowl win. And it feels like he's going to get it in the next three or four years with Mahomes. I, I'd almost be, I'd say it's almost an upset at this point if Andy and Mahomes don't win a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. 
they are, to me, they're like a lock to get there in the next several years. And if you get there, you have a fucking very good chance. You think the chance. problem is just that they're in that same conference, but yeah. With New England, yeah. <laughs> but the difference would be, like, yeah, Goff and McVay made it. Well, if Andy and Mahomes make it, their likelihood of scoring, like, not many points in that game seem low to very low. But you go, Pete, Pete's made two Super Bowls and won the one. And even the one he lost is like, fuck. I mean, he was he was right there on the goal line. It's not like the one he lost was, you know, he got rolled. You know, it was like the John Fox one. Remember when Peyton made it in about three series in? You're like, is this the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen? And it was terrible. Because I remember being so excited for that Super Bowl and five minutes in, you're like, this is the worst thing I've well, ever seen. Well, that happens a lot. It's, I was afraid that was going to happen in the uh, NL wildcard game. So think about that. Pete Carroll, his one Super Bowl that he won, blowout. I mean, it was one in the last 10 years, the biggest, whoa, this isn't even a contest game we've seen in a long time. Beat the shit out of a really, really good Bronco team. Beat the crap out of them. And then, the, and then he comes right back and he, yeah, he lost, but I mean, he was as much of a Brady, you know, Belichick equal as we've seen. Because really the... When you go look back on the Dan Quinn Kyle one, were they their equals or did they just start as fast as anything we've ever seen and then just kind of come back to the mean? You know, what what would you say is a more impressive loss, the Falcon loss or the Seattle loss? Like, what team would you give more credit in the L? Ooh, tough question. It's hard because Atlanta just. What were they up twenty eight three? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like they're the right answer, but I don't want to give them the answer because, like, Seattle was right there with a chance to win. The, like, Seattle played four quarters of football. Yeah, and when you say, well, the difference is they're up 28-3, to well, Dan Quinn has nothing to do with the offense. We see the guy running the offense. He's now down the street from us. <laughs> like, he's – like, that was the reason they were kicking the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. I got to give Seattle more credit. And you'd go, well, Dan Quinn, who's he? A Pete Carroll guy. That's the other thing. You'd go, well, Pete Carroll's tree now is pretty impressive. He's had a Super Bowl coach. You know, Gus Bradley's one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. Robert Sala. I, I, I think Seattle. And they keep chugging. Yeah, they just keep chugging. You see those numbers. I and mean, that's, so, they, ain't playing, they ain't playing nobodies on these night games either. Like, how many games when you close your eyes, like, for the last three years, you're playing, like, the Saints. You're just playing all these primetime, the Rams, the all these primetime games against big boys. So here's what adds, I think, even some juice to the Monday night game, Niners-Browns, is... If Friday morning when we do this podcast, the Seahawks have beaten the Rams, I think that will make the division feel even harder than if the Rams have beaten the Seahawks. Right or wrong, like maybe our perception of the Rams is a little higher than it should be, but the Rams were the Rams won the Super Bowl last year. Um, so if that team gets beat by the Seahawks, now all of a sudden we're talking about the Seahawks, like they can win the division even though all your – all the buildup for the season was about the Rams winning the division. I, I think I think Friday, if the Seahawks have won the game, it'll feel like Monday's game for the Niners is even bigger. Like, you guys cannot take a breath this season because the battle right now is just to stay out of third place in the NFC West. Well, regardless who loses, I, I agree with you, but regardless who loses, you're guaranteed to have a two-loss team. So if you win this game Monday night, whether it's Seattle or LA, they're going to be three and two. You win this game, you're four and zero. You have basically a two game lead in the last column. Now I get you've had a bye, so it's basically a game and a half. But that's that's a huge swing, wouldn't you say? 
just because you're guaranteed to one of these teams got to fucking lose unless they die. So if you win Monday night, you're in great shape. You're just talking about keep stacking those wins, controlling their destiny. Now, the, the thing is, like you said about L.A., you then would kind of control the ability to take a guillotine to their neck. Because if they lose, then you get to play them the next week. You see that game didn't get flexed? Yeah, what the hell? I don't get that one. I'm telling you, I wonder if Fox Fine with me, it. it makes our life easier, but I kind of want it on Sunday Night Football. Me too. But what if I told you how big does the game get if L.A. loses, the Niners win, and the Niners kind of have a chance to, you know, really kind of derail their season early on? Because they would be then 5-0 and if they win that game on Sunday, and the Rams could potentially be 3-3. Three and three. If the Rams are 3-3, three and three, it would feel like, God, this thing's kind of snowballing on them. Now, it could also go, Rams win Sunday night, they're 4-1 and one when you play, and they're feeling fucking pretty good. And they're like, we're going to beat these guys, they'll be 4-1, and one. we'll be in good shape. Right. It, it just shows you, I mean, we're kind of at a very interesting, powerful fork in the road for some of these teams. They're all starting to play each other, because there's like, how good, are, I'm, I'm on multiple text chains, where like, are the Niners the worst good team in the league? Are the Niners even good? And I'm like, yeah, well, I, we're about to find out. Well, that uh, you sent me and then someone else DM me that picture that was going around the internet on Tuesday of like, what was that from? Was it from a movie? It wasn't the Sandlot, but it kind of looked Sandlotty. Yeah, it looked Sandlotty <laughs> uh, with two beautiful women in bikinis representing, who were they? The e- were they like the the, uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots. Chiefs and the Pats. And then the Niners <laughs> were a uh, homely looking young lass. Wearing a swim cap. It's funny. It's really funny. <laughs> it's funny. You tweeted it, right? I tweeted it, yeah. Yeah. Or no, I didn't. I, I put it on my Insta story. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's I think it's starting to make its rounds on Twitter. It's it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. And it, it, the funny thing is even Niner fans are like, Yeah, I can't disagree with this. But it's if I tell you the, the Niners rattle off two two more wins against the Browns Monday night and then the Rams You'd have to take that picture off and put like the Eagles on it. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you also you kind of laid out the scenario too, like the revert. Like let's look at the other side of what happens if the Seahawks win um, on Thursday. I think the Niners would rather have Seattle win. Yeah, because you come out of it and go well. Th- you're right. Because you get to kind of you get to kind of bury them. You can contr- because then you get to control it. The Rams. Yeah. The, yeah. The- like you don't control playing Seattle for a while, so it's whatever. Yeah. Keep stacking them wins, guy. Yeah, I don't. I, that would be a go-to statement of mine if I was a coach or a player. We just we just want to stack more wins. Stay in the fight. Yeah, just want to stack wins. Just, yeah, just trying to stack wins. Stay in the fight. Well, you just you've lost three in a row. Yeah, we're just trying to start a stack. Then your stack starts with one. Yeah, you can't start the Django without the base. Yeah, I I um I I don't have a feel for this. Game. I, th- I, mean, I don't I, either. I. Well, it feels like Seattle should win, which is why I feel like they won't. That much I, I know. I'm with, I'm with you. Like, is this one of those games where McVay just starts throwing all these curveballs? Because I think people are starting to go, okay, McVay, you got another pitch? What else you got? Yeah. Guy, they, they, they were a 10-point favorite at home and gave up 55 fucking points. Oh, I know. But I will go to the mat for... He didn't just he wasn't playing Pat Shermer, or Bob McAdoo, right? He or Ben McAdoo, Bob McAdoo's a basketball player. He's playing Bruce fucking Arians. I, I think we forget that sometimes because you see Tampa like Bruce also, Arians. Games like this happen in the NFL sometimes. 
Well, I for a really good team to get your brakes beaten off at home, 55 points, guy. I know, but I don't know, man. I feel like the NFL is – I think these games happen sometimes. I did. Th- well, we're gonna we're gonna find out do. if it was if it was more of an outlier game, right? Or they just aren't as good. They're just. Are they giving up thirty five th- points to Seattle this week? I, I think it's sometimes hard to score in these Thursday night games. Yeah. But let's say they give up. Let's say they lose. You know, twenty four to thirteen. That would be a bad loss, right? Let, yeah. Let's just because I think the thing is, what if they can't score right, quite right. as much? I'm with you. Can't wait. Right. I can't, I can't you know. Wait. This is this is like I, one of the uh, sneaky one of the best weeks. That game being a Thursday, I always love this stretch of just because of baseball. But that game being Thursday night, kind of, and then the Niners being Monday night, and the Raiders being with the, in London. With the bu- I mean, it's with just, a bunch of divisional series going oh, on, we got a lot of a lot of juice right oh, now, guys. A lot of juice. Love it. Get the juice. All right. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, John, this is the first meeting with Khalil Mack. And uh, unfortunately for the Raiders, Khalil Mack is aware of the fact that he's playing the Raiders in London this week. I, I, yeah, I love, I love this about him, man. Like, just saying, like, yes, I have been looking forward to this game. Before I jumped on with you, I was watching Nagy's press conference, and someone was asking, him, "Like, are you glad you have Khalil Mack?" And he started laughing. He's like, "Are you serious?" I mean, kind of tongue in cheek, kind of just saying, like, the impact of the guy. Yeah, the way he described him, he's just a multiplier. And you, you talk to people with the Bears, and I mean, Carr knew this. Uh, Jack Del Rio knew this. Every Raider fan knew this. You you couldn't put a price on how fucking good this player was, and then how good of a guy he was. He was the ultimate guy. They they just don't exist. He's changed. Like the Bears right now are twelve and four last year. They're three and one, so they're fifteen and five since he showed up. I think he's a big part of the difference of that being fifteen and five or like ten and you know eleven and seven or you know it, to me he's a he flipped the script for them he he took them he was not like joining the Warriors and he was Kevin Durant it'd be like if Kevin Durant had joined the Kings like boom they were kind of good and then boom they're in the playoffs like he's He's taken them to heights that they never... Guy, he has three and a half strip sacks the last two games. <laughs> I mean, he, he gets strip sacks. Do you know that a strip sack is better than an interception? Why? Because the pick usually happens 20, 30 yards down the field. Do you know where a strip sack happens? Behind the fucking line of scrimmage, going toward where you're trying to score. It doesn't... There's That's pr- probably, I would say, the average difference between a pick and a strip sack. What would you say, like 15 plus yards? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Strip sacks, uh, the best turnover you can, I mean, the best turnover you can have is a fumble six or a pick six. To me, the best turnover you can have is a deflected pass at the line of scrimmage, fat guy interception, so he's already upright. Now it's time to party. Like, to me, yeah, like, or the version of, like, what happened with Sue, where it gets stripped out of his high end, the big guy picks it up, and he rumbles and tumbles for the touchdown. (laughs) Although Sue didn't didn't rumble and tumble, Sue just sprinted. He was hauling ass. Oh, my God. Like, is a guy six foot five, three hundred and ten pounds that strong supposed to move like that? <laughs> By the uh, way, did you see that? I can't believe I forgot about this. Speaking of that, real quick, the photos of Nick Chubb as a high school track athlete that were making the rounds this week. No, was he skinny? No. Somebody just <laughs> made the point: if you lined up next to him for a track meet, would you think you were about to just get smoked? And the answer was yes. Was Was he like Jack? He's huge, humongous, in like a singlet, <laughs> you know, in a track singlet. Yeah. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to Georgia. Where are you going? 
Uh, got a letter from Cal Poly. Hopefully they'll respond. <laughs> Tell you where I'm going. I'm going right over there in about 8.15 seconds. You um, think it's different? Like when you hear like, where are you going? You're like, you know, I'm going to Fresno state I'm going to, I'm going to Arizona state. Even some of our schools I hear, I love it. But if you're like, I'm going to Bama. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It'd be like back in the day, if in like 2005, like, where are you going to school? USC. Mm-hmm. You're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I remember, what's his name? Uh, uh, something Williams. Kyle Williams, I think his name was. Uh, linebacker Vacaville. We're no, playing. it was like, uh, what's something it? Williams. Uh, yeah, I know. Who you're, I know and it was like, where's this guy going? And he, Kyle Devan, who was their second best player, was going to Oregon State. It's like, okay, Division One guy, it's a pretty big deal. Where's that guy going? Uh, USC. You're like, oh my well, fucking I remember Jesus! That guy played baseball too. We played against him in baseball, and he was a beast. He was huge. He was massive. Guy, he, he, he like, what was your recruiting class? Uh, just me, Reggie Bush, Lendell White. Yeah, that's my group. Uh, Ky, uh Thomas, Thomas played. Williams. Thomas Williams, yeah, Vacaville High School. He wasn't that great of a college player. I think he got, you know, he played in the NFL for a little bit, yeah, but at, in high school, it was just like it'd be the equivalent of right now saying you're going to Bama. What, what, what it, the way it resonated with every 16 year old kid. Like I got to attempt to block. I remember this guy. that guy looked like Albert Bell playing baseball. You know, he looked. He was so fast and big in football. It was just stupid. Um. Middlecoff, you got him on the blitz. 54 is the mic. <laughs> How? That, and do you know what's crazy? Like we t- And a lot of people, anyone that's played high school sports, when you go up against a guy, it's one thing to go up against like whoever. It's another thing to go up against like Bronny Jr. or whoever the shit is. Yeah. Like this guy's the best player like in the state or on the coast. When, when you are that human at the pro level, like, I'm LeBron fucking James. You're like, holy shit. People talk about LeBron like that in the NBA. Okay, that's how people talk about Khalil Mack. That's how they talk about Khalil Mack. How do you go to Buffalo? Like, that's what's, that's what's crazy. He, he went to the ultimate city that gets morning wood from defense. It's probably the one true city that wakes up and just dreams about defense. I mean, guy, they fucking love defense more than any other. You, you can't convince me that any other any other NFL team is even remotely close, just into the reverence the fans have for the side of the football that is defense. It's not. I don't even think there's a close second. I really don't. Uh, Maybe the Steelers, but you could argue the Steelers have become like an NBA team the last ten years, and they liked it. Like I don't think like deep down the Bears. Would rather have four Khalil Max than five Antonio Browns. They just would. Yeah. I, but me personally, I you know so would I love I, Khalil Mack, but I'd rather have the offense. Yeah, but not Antonio Browns. Um, but you know what I'm saying. No, I know. Hopkins but, or Julio's. But I, so so um, the Chicago Sun Times did an article about the trade. So they asked Gruden about it. Gruden quote: "I'm not going to get into all the drama." We wanted to sign Mac, okay? We didn't want to trade him. I wish him the best. I'm not rehashing all the drama. We wanted to have him. We couldn't make it happen. I wonder if over time the uh, the narrative will change from not the narrative, Gruden's messaging. Like three years you, from you now, be, when he you, gets asked, you be, you believe him? Yeah, I believe him that he wanted to sign Khalil Mack. Absolutely, I believe him. So, do you think the biggest reason he's not here is because? They couldn't afford him. Well, that's or what I'm saying. Think- I wonder three years from now when Khalil Max, you know, been in three more pro, 
been you were about to pro. say a walking Hall of Famer. Yeah. Isn't he a walking Hall of Famer right he now? He is. Um, I just wonder over time if we'll get a little more, if that story will become, yeah, we just financially, we just didn't have the wherewithal. You can't do it right now while you're getting paid if you're Gruden. But I do wonder with time. Now, there was the other element of like, he when won't he's call hosting me back. Monday Night Football on Amazon in 2024, <laughs> right. he won't call me back, all that stuff. Sure. But I do think fundamentally he wanted him on his football team. He's not an idiot. No. The other but thing it they went, miss it went it went zero to sixty fast. I want him. I want him. I want him to boom. He's traded. Yeah, guy. He was traded. I know. Oh, well, do you think that's? Are we ever gonna see a non-draft day trade as crazy as that? It was a week before the season. The best player, best non-quarterback in the NFL. Like he's better than Aaron Donald. Yeah, he, he was holding is. out though, right? He was not there. Yeah, but Aaron Donald's holding out. Players no, no, hold I out. know. I'm Zeke just saying, like, out. to me, when a player gets traded and he's not even holding out, that's always crazy. Like, hey, Amari, uh, we need you in here. And he I'm comes on the practice field, field like you're going to de- – Yeah, Even though he's not the weird. player that Khalil is. The other thing, and you said it earlier that they missed with him, not only is he great, but he, he is a face of the franchise. And since he left, like, Derek is the guy that kind of speaks for everything now, whereas Derek got to share the load with Khalil Mack, and Khalil was always had his back. Like, they were kind of – they were a pair. And like, each side of the football had somebody that could speak for the team. For the team. Like, Khalil Mack could speak for the team, right? Every bit as much as Derek could. And so Derek's kind of now alone in that world. Uh, and he has been since they traded him. Did you see uh... – They had two faces of the franchise, John. Teams are looking for one. They had two. Now, we could talk about how good Derek – whatever. But they that's what they had. What did you think about Khalil's words of wisdom? Where was words of wisdom? A dog that poops fast doesn't poop for long. Oh, yeah. No, it's, that's a good one. And if you watch, he was just asked like about the Minnesota Vikings, and his he just wanted to use that so badly. So here's my guess didn't really on that. Make, <laughs> didn't make any I sense. I have a guess on that. I remember during the All-Star game, one of the like talk shows, I don't know if it was Kimmel or I think it was Fallon maybe, gave a bunch of players at the Major League Baseball players this year a bunch of sayings just like that to say. And then they played them back, like, on their show one night. And it was, like, guys, like, on the set of, like, an MLB Network show during batting practice, like, the day before, you know, or BP or uh, before the Home Run Derby, saying a bunch – like, there was a bunch of stuff just like that. You're saying he gave those to say in different places. In different, like, real interviews. And then they – so my guess is that clip – that is part of, like, that. I That's my guess. Because that's – if not, that's fantastic. A dog I hope it's not because that's long. a great quote. I don't know what it means. Do you, do you think this is a franchise crippling potentially move big picture? Like you just don't recover from it for a long time? Or does that have to uh, be like they have to – if I, they have to win a Super Bowl? I think that's hard in the NFL unless you have – to me the, the franchise crippling moves in the NFL are injured quarterbacks. Yeah. Or bad contracts for quarterbacks. I don't know – Bad contracts to me are worse than like guys you like the guys you don't sign because they did. To me, what would be more crippling is if they whiffed on the picks they got. If if like Cleveland Farrell's terrible, if jo- if 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 uh, Abrams always hurt, like those, like when you lose out on an NFL player, I don't know if it's ever like are the is trading Odell Beckham's uh, incredible. Is losing him franchise crippling? If Danny Dimes is good, it's not. But what if you would have had Odell Beckham with Danny Dimes? And like, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, but I just think you can sort like in the NFL. I don't. 
I don't know, man. Franchise crippling to me is more so a basketball thing than a baseball or a football thing. When you're talking about losing a but player, I think you can overcome it. I, like I the Giants agree, also you, had three you, picks in the first round this year, right? Like, did they nail those three picks? Like, that's part of this. But you could argue that Mac was like an NBA player with his value because part of trading him cost you a couple yeah, games. Yeah, you might be now, right. you still might not have been good, but that's – you got pick four because Khalil's not around. That pick might have been pick 10. And did you take, like, Cleveland Farrell is on Max watch, right? Like, you yeah. lost a bunch of no, games no, because you... of getting rid of Khalil. So you tanked, and you're also going, well, one guy doesn't impact. And the Bears would be like, bullshit. Well, you, you, who, you know who else would say that is the Green Bay Packers when they got Reggie White. When, and I think there's a – that's what I think Khalil represents, a small, small minority – of individuals that can just, as Matt Nagy would say, he's a multiplier. Like Reggie, he was the best player in the league. One. Two, he was the best fucking teammate. Three, he was just, he he legitimized us. Like the Bears were like, I, I'm interested in the Bears. And they got Khalil Mack. They become, for me, like a must-watch every week. They yeah. become a must. They become a headline franchise again. I mean, they're they're talking about, they have... Nagy said this morning, like, the thing I'm most proud of right now, not three and one, yeah, wins and losses matter, but when I dive deep in, we are tied with the Patriots in a turnover differential six. We're not turning the ball over, and our defense gets them. And we started slow because we didn't create any the first couple weeks. So it's basically been the last two weeks. So it's on like Donkey Kong. Like, I I see the over-under in this game is 41. My buddy with the Bears texting with him yesterday. He's like, how do you think, if we're going to lose, like, how would you lose? I'm like, well... You would have to have a low-scoring game, like only score like 13 points, and they would probably have to get like a fumble six or something because how do you see this John Gruden, Derek Carr offense scoring multiple touchdowns on this defense? It would To me, it would be special teams or defense would get a touchdown because like last week, for example, they were able to control the clock against the Colts because they ran it down their throat. Do you know what you don't do against the Bears? You do not run it. <laughs> Like, they don't allow rushing yardage. That's not allowed when they're on the field. It doesn't happen. So you got to pass. Well, what what do they do well against the pass? Well, they have an elite pass rush led by this cat. And their two safeties, guys, are not, are not uh, what the hell is the guy's name? That's on, What's the Raiders strong safety that's hurt? Uh, Jonathan Abram. Like, they're the opposite of that. Do you know what they do? They don't go for hits. They go for the fucking ball. And they pick the ball off. Because I was like, what would your safeties be considered 20 years ago? He's like, kind of be soft. Because they're not hitters. But do you know what they are in 2019? What you want. Like Eddie Jackson and, and, and HaHa, they get pick sixes. But the docs, you know, they're not big on tackling. Yeah, tackling's not really big on tackling anymore in the NFL. Play the football. And that's what they do. I have I a hard time seeing a nose in there. Right now, if, you had, if I said over under one and a half touchdowns from the Raiders offense, what would you take? Uh, yeah, I'd take. Mm. How how are they going to move the ball? Yeah, I. Defense is big time, guy. I know. Roquan you playing. You got practice. I guess he said he plans on. I, I guess he talked to the media and says he plans on playing. Okay. So it was just a some personal stuff, and he shook it off, and he's ready to go. Uh, you just go at Prince. But but here's the thing, guy. Is Bukamara. if you talking to the guys with the Bears, they're like. Check out number 44, the dude that filled in for Roquan. He had multiple sacks. <laughs> like It's not like their backup is, you know, uh, is Malcolm Smith. I mean, their backup's fucking good. Their, their team is, their defense is fucking incredible. It's the best defense in the league. 
it's the best defense in the league. Which includes some really good defenses like the Packers, the Patriots. They're the best. So I, I just don't I, I don't like the matchup for the Raiders. Because one of the knocks, talking some people in the league on the Colts, is they're a little smaller. Like one thing the Raiders are, especially offensively, in the, their offensive line, they're big. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of shove them around. They'd be the equivalent of like a, like an Oakey State or something. The, the Colts, just smaller, faster. And the, the, the Raiders kind of shoved them around. Well, what's the last thing you think about the Bears? Like they're not small. <laughs> they're big. <laughs> they're huge. Khalil's actually not even one of the bigger front guys. Keem Hicks is like 6'6", 320. Uh, Floyd, the dude they drafted a couple of years ago, looks like Alden Smith. Eddie Goldman, the nose tackle from Notre Dame, is a fucking monster. Danny Trevathan, Elway's getting shit on right now. Rightfully so, his team's awful. You know, once upon a time, he drafted Danny Trevathan, who was a starting middle linebacker for years, and then he got like he just didn't resign him, but like he did draft that guy. That's a while ago. A while ago, yeah, but it's still, you know, on the resume. It's like the it's like the position coach that hasn't been on a winning team for a while. His like number thing on the resume is like I had the number seven overall draft pick. I personally coached back in two thousand seven. Right. College football is the best with that, and especially when it's at a random school. Like I coached, you know, in like ten years, like Josh Allen at Kentucky, my guy. We get it, buddy. Uh, all right, before we uh, before we get to some NFL headlines, John, I want to hear this Jay Gruden quote you've got. Let's tell the people about Seat Geek concerts, A's game. A's games, maybe, depending on Friday. Maybe they've already, Thursday you're listening, they've already won. Uh, go to the SeatGeek app, download the app. Big green dot, tells you good ticket. Little red dot, says don't buy that ticket. We both have had the app on our phone for years. If you're going to buy a ticket, SeatGeek is the way to go. You know the other thing sweet about the app? SeatGeek, download the app, promo code HAM, promo code HAM, uh, $10 off your first purchase, is that you click on the seat, like for the A's game or for a 49er game or whatever, it gives you the picture. It's an interactive map of every venue, guy. So you get to see the sight line of where you would be sitting. How do you beat that guy? Talk about 2019, technology, SeatGeek has it. SeatGeek has like the market corner. They're as good as it gets. They're the best in the business. I, I just love how I use the app, and I feel like I know what like the all the people that are in the uh, underground, the streets, the corners. Need one? Need one? Got two? Those people? I feel like I know the ticket market as well as they know the ticket market. When I, maybe better because I can see the big, big old green dot. One hundred percent, no doubt about Download it. Download the app. Promo code ham. Ten dollars off first seat. Ten dollars off. Share it. Share it too. This is all. Everyone's always looking. Yeah, tell, for your friends, tell your friends. Tell all, your friends. Millions tell your of tickets parents. from all over the web, and uh, a lot of concerts coming up in the Bay Area. Basketball games coming up in the Bay Area. Seat Geek. That's the ticket. Podcast also brought to you by Untuck It. You know why button up shirts. Look so long and baggy because they weren't meant to be worn untucked. Untucked shirts, as you know, specifically designed to be worn untucked. Untuck it to the brands you've been looking for, the original untucked shirt. And right now, you use the promo code HAM, you get 20% off your first order. You know what's funny, guy? People can't see us right now because we're just talking through your ears. We're not uh, on video. We're both wearing untucked shirts. You, you had some delivered. Correct. I had some delivered. They look good. You go to untuckit.com, use the promo code HAM, you get 20% off. They have just an incredible, sweet amount of button-up long-sleeve shirts. That Then, you know, if it's kind of hot outside, you can roll up the sleeves. I bought a collared shirt. It's, the material's awesome. Like a Looks golf sweet. shirt? <clears throat> yeah, well, it, it kind of, but it's probably more you'd like wear on a date or like okay. take your wife out than like you'd wear to like play a round of golf. 
But it's also like you can wear it to work. You can wear it on a date. Looks good, like with a nice pair of jeans. It also looks good if you're just lounging around with a pair of shorts. Very, they're very versatile clothing. I, I, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I got one. I got one of the the long sleeve button ups in a light blue. That's like um, it's like a polo shirt material, but it's a long sleeve. Oh, how do you beat that? Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. So you can also try them on in person at one of Untucket's 50 stores. They have one in San Francisco on Union Street, or just go to untucket.com, get 20% off. Free shipping and free returns on all orders in the United States. 20% off your first order with the promo code HAM. Yep. Okay, I've been waiting for this Jay Gruden headline. This Jay Gruden quote, what you got? They asked him about what his plan is for who the starting quarterback is going to be against the New England Patriots. Quote, so what is your plan, Jay, for your starting quarterback this Sunday against the New England Patriots? Quote, we don't have one. Well, in his defense, John, Case Keenum pro- is in the concussion protocol, right? So, Is he in the concussion no, protocol? No, actually, both of these quarterbacks are all healthy. They're not waiting on any medicals. <laughs> Did you see Belichick? Like, he, he's the best in the business. He's like, uh, they're like, what do you think of the Washington Redskins? You know, he goes on his deal. Like, what do you think of the quarterbacks? He's like, they both get rid of the ball fast. They're tough guys. They got playmakers. You just got to be ready. It's like, how does he do this? Part of it's also a reflection of, like, how does he keep playing these teams? Like, how does he draw the shittiest teams in the league? He's like Saban. Shouldn't they just make the the Patriots, you only play first-place schedule? They just make a new schedule for the Patriots. He's like Saban, First-place teams. <laughs> it's like Howard, you know, if we do not come to play against Howard, we could be in a dogfight. I feel yeah, like you guys Saban's think doing we're that just... press conference every week. Yeah, you just think winning around here is on scholarship. We're just guaranteed to win. Like I, we so like they, we try to schedule games. People won't play. It's like, yeah, Nick, you've played two like non-conference home games in your whole Alabama tenure. You have to, ho- you know, road games, road games. What do you think the feeling is when you're a guy like Jay Gruden and you're making you know four or five million dollars? You hate the people you're working for. You can't wait to get fired because you know they're gonna have to pay you out, and you're just in the mode of you don't give a shit. Because that's kind of what he feels right now. He's just in the I don't give a shit boat. Yet he's so rich, you cannot give a shit. And, like, it doesn't really matter. Do, do you think? And you're was... at the point, too, where you don't get that. Like, people blame the owner more than you. Well, that's where it's like, how? So here's what it feels like, right? When the, when the year started, he was going to probably try and get through the year without ever playing Dwayne Haskins. Yes, that was the game plan. And then I would it's guess at some point along the way, yeah, you lose it and you go, you know what? I don't think Dwayne's ready. That's why we haven't played him. But if you guys want to see him? Well, here he comes. Fine. Here you go. I mean, that has to be what his mindset is right now, right? Well, I guess and someone leaked out, like Lewis was talking a bunch of shit. The coaching staff clearly got the message out that they did not want Dwayne Haskins. Because one of the big things was Jay Gruden and the coaching staff wanted Danny Dimes. Like, they wanted Danny Dimes. And you watch Danny Dimes, you're like, all right. That's a McVeigh, Kyle. I could see why those type guys would like that player. Smart, perfect, right? It'd, it'd be a Gruden wet dream, that type guy. Well, the owner, like getting back to why they drafted Dwayne Haskins, the owner wanted Dwayne Haskins. He's he's batting 100% on draft picks when he wants the guy. He's always going to get that guy. So I, I don't even know if it was really an option. But I don't also blame Jake Lewis. Is like, oh, you're just leaking out that you hate the guy. Like, you're allowed to do that if you didn't like the guy. What are you? Am I supposed to just admit? Like, yeah, hey, I like the. I don't like him. I'm gonna get fired. I'm just letting people know the truth. I don't like the player. I don't think he's any good. He's gonna get killed. And here's the other thing: you can't start screaming for him, which everyone's doing, and then be like, well, you can't play him this week against the Patriots. Well, when do you want him? You fucking wait till we play UC Davis. They're not on the schedule. 
So yeah, every week, you want me to wait next week the Cowboys, the next week the Eagles? Like, what do you want me to do? Just, you want to play them or not? I, I do feel for Jay, like, what am I fucking supposed to do? Just not play them then? There's never... Like, you guys really... You, because you're, you guys are the ones saying, well, he's not ready. That's unfair to the kid. Well, yeah, it is. But you guys keep screaming that Case Keenum sucks, so fuck, I'll throw him against the Patriots. <laughs> Welcome to the league. Welcome to the, the NFL, Rook. Hard to find soft landings. It's that's There isn't really in the NFL. But uh, So Jalen Ramsey didn't practice Wednesday, John. Back issue. Lingering back issue. Uh, Floyer yeah. wrote, the Jaguars have reportedly turned down a trade offer consisting of two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. They're taking the high road. They don't want to trade him. They're not playing hardball with him in the apparent hopes that he'll realize he's not going to be traded and he'll choose to help the Jags win games down the stretch. I think that almost feels inevitable, right? I don't know if he's going to play this week or not. Do you think he's faking the injury? Uh, I mean, I think everyone thinks he's faking the injury, which makes me want to say, like, is he really going to do that? Because if you're hurt, doesn't that make you harder to trade than if you're out there balling? Yeah. I I, I just think he's kind of in no man's land, and this is the great part about the NFL is they – like, if you're a Jax fan, you don't want them to trade Jalen Ramsey, do you? No. I mean, I only know – I've only met one Jax fan in my entire life, but if they exist. And, you, and the great part is in the NFL, you don't have to. No, you're just going to – you're going to stay here. This is not the NBA where the players get to bend you over and then complain about it. This is Jalen. You know, in fairness to Jalen, he really hasn't been that outspoken about it. Like, if he was an NBA player, I feel like it'd be 50 times worse. <laughs> like, he, he has kind of just – he said, listen, we had a falling out. I don't think I can come back from it. I, my trade demand still – but he's not really pouting about it. Like, he, he actually looked kind of excited on the sideline for what it's worth. He did travel with the team. Would you imagine the NBA player in the same situation travels with the team to Denver? No. No chance, right? So I, I give, the team. Yeah, 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 no. I, I give Jalen some credit there. Uh, I, don't, I just don't think he's – I think he's just going to stay around. They play the Panthers this week. You know if they win, guy, they're 3-2 and two and they would be in first place? I mean, they're technically tied for first place right now because every team in the division is 2-2. Two and two. I, nine wins could win that division. Mm-hmm. And if you got Jalen Ramsey, you have a chance to win the division. I'm actually – I'm going to go out on a limb right now. The Jaguars and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were talking about the playoffs in December with both teams. Doesn't mean they're making the playoffs, but we're talking about yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. I feel good about that. I feel actually okay about that with the Jags. And Now, that part of that is predicated on Jalen staying around and him starting playing. Because no, if he's playing, their, their defense is top-notch. What else you got? Roquan's back. How about that? I don't that really picture? know where he went. Well, just the picture circling the internet of Roquan's crashed car that I guess isn't his car. Yeah, not 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 according to on his name. La- but that's Lambo. Yeah, that's you know you get top ten money guy. Uh, everyone's like, I, here's my favorite kind of narrative just in in sports, especially with a high draft pick. Like he's he's waiting to get that one big contract. You guys do know that Roquan signed a thirty million dollar contract. Uh, I I know athletes like to pretend that's not much, but that's generational money right there. So he won. So if Roquan had sucked, which he doesn't, he won. Like you you get drafted in the top ten, you make cash. Uh, Sam Darnold still can't practice. I, it's part of the spleen deal, you know, because your spleen gets enlarged with mono, even though he's feeling better. Yeah, so it does seem like he'll be back in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I would go ahead and uh, err on the side of caution with that one. I would too. 
it just it sucks for them. They're getting their brains beat in. I every know. Week. Well, that's exactly why I would err on the side of caution. They did just have a. They had the bye week with the Niners. I saw a lot of people like, did the Jets even deserve the bye week? Well, they play the Eagles this week, and the Eagles are going to want to win that game. So I would. They play the Eagles this week. Jesus, they're fucked. Are, are the Jets like a lock to be drafting pretty high? Yes. Is that is that a Jerry Judy destination? Hmm. Get him with uh, Sam. Oh. How do you like that? I do like How that. How do you like them apples? Uh, or or is that one of those, if they get like the second overall pick, they do a trade back? Uh, I say take a great player. If if you think he's a great player. Yeah. You need great players. You've been stock. I mean, stockpiling defensive linemen for six years. The problem is none of them, none of them are that great. Uh, Derek Carr says, Vontas perfect heart is broken by his suspension. I wouldn't be shocked if he actually – do you think he, there's a chance he wins his appeal and it just is not suspended for the year? Feels like no. Because it feels like three strikes he's out. Derek also dropped a Gruden line about A.B. He says he's the most un, uh, un, misunderstood player he's ever met. Like how many – About Brayers. Yeah, how many fucking misunderstood players do you have? 20? I mean, is every guy just misunderstood? Like, this guy's out for the year, A.B. quit, they're all fucking misunderstood, none of them are playing. You know, it's, I think we've I think we've passed the point of, like, maybe you guys are wrong on this. Y- yeah, Derek, is he, like, a criminal? No. But from a, from a on-the-play situation, he's, and I, and, I, and I think you and I are both on the side, like, it's probably a tad extreme, like, I could have lived with, like, a four-gamer. But he'd been in trouble. Well, here's the other thing, John, and I, I've said this before about something else, but there is a reason a jury of your peers does not mean a jury of your close friends. Because guess who, guess who your friends like? You. You're one of their friends. Like, people are – on one hand, it's people are complicated. On one hand, people are really simple. The complicated part is, yes, sometimes people who do bad things – and Vontez, this is like just like we're talking about football bad things, not real-life bad things, although some of these football bad things become real-life bad things because they're – putting people at danger. And, well, that, and but, that's why the NFL is going over the top on it. But right? again, like just because someone you like somebody, yes, they could be a good person. They could be a good father. They could be a good husband. They could be they could pay all their bills on time. They could be good in the locker room and still get suspended for multiple dirty hits. Like you can be a dirty football player and not walk the streets like you're in purge three, just like taking hatchets to people's faces. Which, by the way. If you've seen one purge in the theaters, I red flag you. If you are going to see whatever, I think this is purge three is coming out because now like the purge, John, the people aren't just purging during the purge. Now they're getting aggressive outside of the purge hours. Because uh, you only get like an eight hour window in the purge. I don't know night, if the right? purge happens like once a year. I've never seen the movies. Are you allowed to come inside or do I have to be outside for it's you a to It's a great question. Me? If you lock down the house, I'm not sure. I yeah. don't know. But. If you've seen all the Purge movies, that's that is that is a red flag on you, the human being. I'm gonna, I like I'm gonna go, I'm I like dumb that. movies, and I I couldn't make it through twenty minutes of the Purge. Did you try? Uh, no, I, I've never even dabbled. I actually dabbled a little. bit. Bill Gates has this uh, thing on Netflix. Yeah, I saw that. I just watched the first episode. It's just, was it good? Yeah, I found myself having some similarities to Bill. I guess he was a very tough child to raise. <laughs> <laughs> he used to like he used to get in fights with his mom and dad a lot. Yeah, his dad was a really wealthy lawyer. Like Bill grew up wealthy, but it's just the fact. I mean, Bill's Bill's a genius. But the diarrhea stuff, saving lives in Africa, it's pretty crazy. 
kind of same dreams as you? No, dreams are – the only thing we had in common was just crazy-ass, like, 10-year-olds. Uh, that's that's it. He's he he reads and uh, comprehends a lot of information at rapid speed. Like the guys, I think it's safe to say he's a pretty smart guy. He's pretty 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 smart. Uh, anything that's else? That's about all I got. Okay. Sa- oh, well, Saquon high ankle sprain. Oh, who yeah. might be back in like two weeks. Just like the craziest recovery we've ever seen. They also don't sleep on the Giants. They cut a couple wide receivers yesterday. I forgot they had Golden Tate because Golden Tate had been suspended for four games. So getting Golden Tate back, getting Saquon what? Barkley back. Did you know he had been suspended or you know he was on the Giants? For, forgot about both. Yeah, well, he's on the Giants and he had been suspended for PEDs. Because remember, it was one of those like uh, he had claimed his wife was trying to get pregnant. Oh, that's and he right. He took that's the right. stuff. Or, right. You know, it was like, uh, Golden, we've heard this story before. Robert Mathis, you say the same thing. Like, so wait, you, you wait, you're taking the fertility drill? Because everyone's always like, well, the fertility deal usually masks the other stuff. Uh, but, you know, Golden Tate, Saquon. Are we sure the Giants aren't going to be kind of sneaky? <laughs> well, which, which, who's Danny Dimes? Yeah, we're about to find out. All right. On that note. Go A's. Hell yeah. I can't wait for this game. If you're listening Thursday, we had a, I had a blast on Wednesday watching this baseball game. Probably. Hopefully. See, Sweet. Later. Let's do it. Adios. My, you want to get your gamble on to go to mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, and bet on the game. I did it last year. A's Yankees put $500. Guess Woo. what happened? I lost $500. Guess who hates openers now? John Middlecoff. Guess who won't touch a wild card game? Me. <laughs> Later. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.